Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you that it is hip to be square. On a very special episode, your hosts finally become eligible for TV syndication. We cover our 100th episode of Normies, Normies Like, like us. us. 100 podcasts. Wow. 100 episodes. Feel it. I feel it in my veins, boyos. Can I just get one of those real quick, Jacob? I've been reading. What did he say? I can just transform into a beam of light right now. I'm so happy. Man, this is a crazy episode. We talked a lot, a lot of different things. And 99 right. podcasts on the wall. 99 podcasts on the wall. Take with oh, down, pass around. 100 podcasts. Wow. Yay. Oh, my God. 100. Did you hear that, yeah. Normies? Did you hear it up top? Yeah. A very, very special episode of Normies Like Us. Uh, we say it every time. Every celebration episode, I say 70. I don't know if I'm going to get to be 70. 80. I don't know if I'm going to have an 80th birthday. 100. No way. This is the only 100 oh, sure. thing we will ever celebrate for us in our lives. 100th for episode you, of Normies Like Us. Jacob, you'll live forever. But with your hosts here, yeah. uh, Sentry Colin. I'll, I, I was going to be M, thinking that was the Roman numeral for 100, but that's 1,000. So uh, we're about 900 away from that. So I'll just be Mike. Hey, what's up? <laughs> this, is it, uh, 100 is C, I believe. That's I'll right. be C, yeah. Colin. Colin. C for Colin, then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This, I'm, I'm just going to go with Joe. You know, it's it's the 100th. Maybe this is someone's first episode. They can hear our real names. Just just Joe. This is, uh, yeah, I'll throw it back to old, uh, you know, baby New Year. This is oh, baby New Year is. coronavirus Jacob. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, Joe, you're talking about new listeners. Now, we all did collectively learn together that uh, the C stands for century and the M stands for millennia. That's where the hundred and the thousand comes from. So I think uh, new <laughs> listeners are going to be excited with how dumb we are. But if uh, well, the Roman returning listener, on, yeah, we're, we're no, happy to have you. not Romans, so it's not like that <laughs> should be. Yeah, of course not. Well, you know what they say, that. Romans wasn't built in a day. Yeah. Right. That's right. Mike Never was built in nine it, months. That's what that there's means. There's 99 more of these if you're new to the show. So, <laughs> But this is the best one. And this is where you should start. This is the best one. Day. This is the loose one. Every 10 episodes, we do a special episode of Normies Like Us where we cover mm-hmm. whatever we want to talk about. We do the normie topics on the other episodes where you say, God, I have so many questions about Resident Evil. Checked it. Go back and listen. Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Checked it. Go back and listen. But on these special episodes, we're we're watching stuff. We're talking stuff. Maybe one of us was checking out something Harry Potter related, and we'll recommend you go back and listen to that full episode. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. And like, there's a lot. You know, we're gonna do a little bit of recap of the last 100. I've collected some interesting data. I want to share with you guys a little bit later. But I love data. It just it blows my mind. I love data. Uh, Star Trek. Go back and listen to that one. Um, <laughs> That's the data. You know, you it, it reminds me of the days when we first did, you know, the first episodes, we record them in person back to back. And now we're all digital. Uh, we are way ahead of the curve on the uh, the stay at home order because we were able to do could that say on we're the show, so. flattening the curve. That's, that's, Maybe. I remember some super ambitious record days where we were like, Let's do four episodes today. It's totally not going to burn us out or be crazy to record four episodes in yeah. one day. I remember oh, just man. sitting in uh, Colin's hot apartment, sweating through my shirt. Uh, yeah. No air. It's what I'm doing right now. It's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great times. But truly, yeah. I mean, we, we've done, 
99 other of these. We've covered some great topics, the entire Star Wars saga, a ton of other stuff. And, you know, it's it's been a fun ride. So thanks for, for being my co-host with this. You know, I appreciate you guys. And I appreciate the listeners who have joined us uh, from day one or day 99. You know, welcome uh, back to the show and welcome to the show for the new listeners. We're excited. That's right. Yeah. Episode 100. This will be the one people jump in on. I just got to check it out. What's what's that show all about? We hope you do. If you do, we'd be shocked. But uh, this is this is one <laughs> for the for the long timers, maybe. You could say yeah, we're, not- we're keeping it 100. Hey, oh, there we go. Right? There we go. A little Larry Wilmore shout out. Because <laughs> yeah. we, all, we all remember and love that so much. Um, so like Mike said, we're going to be jumping in. He'll be giving us some facts and stuff, but let's hit it. I guess let's do a big whatcha after this and talk about what we've been watching. Let's do it. Episode 100. We're back. Welcome back to episode 100 of Normies Like Us. Uh, I love doing this podcast with you guys. I'm constantly surprised and delighted just by the things that we talk about where uh, I get your opinions and get to have a nice hour-long conversation with my pals where you say, oh, wow, those are their thoughts on stuff. But it has gotten to the point. We're doing 100 episodes. My memory's gotten a little fuzzy. I mean, sometimes we'll say to Mike, have we covered this topic? Have we done this before? So if, if you're talking a little bit of a quiz here, Mike, I'd love to hear some normie facts. Uh, I'm definitely in the in the know there and want to be in the yeah, know. Yeah, definitely. So after, yeah, doing 100 of these, I was kind of looking back at the numbers generally for things over 90 days. So they've had time to kind of marinate. But, you know, I want to ask you guys and each get a response and I'll just throw out the answer, you know. Uh, starting with doing 100, what do you think the most popular episode has been of normies like us to date? Let's mm. uh, start with Colin. Let's see. Uh, obviously, it's whatever one I declared. Detective Pikachu will be the biggest movie of all time. <laughs> I think that developed yep. a huge cult <laughs> following right. because uh, everybody knows that I'm right. Uh, that turned out to be correct. I'm going to say uh, Detective Pikachu. So we got one for Detective Pikachu. Joe, what's uh, what, what horse you got? Um, I'll, I'll take Spider-Man. Why not? Okay. I'll, I'll Spider-Man and the ballot. Well, right. I think the obvious answer would be uh, obviously one of the Star Wars ones, right? I mean, I'm just guessing. So which but one? That's a good question. I'm going to go ahead and say Revenge of the Sith, Episode 3, number one best episode. You wouldn't think Rise of the Skywalkers <laughs> just because it would get the, the bump oh, for could the be. name? That's interesting. Oh, That's a good Rise guess of with Star Wars. Wars. Rise of the Star Rise Wars. Of Star Rise Wars. of Star Wars, yeah. No, I think it was one of our uh, Stars, December, Wars, War, Vember um, episodes for sure. The question is, which one of those? But I'm going to say Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. All right, so we have Revenge of the Sith, Spider-Man, and Detective Pikachu. Uh, everyone is wrong. Oh, the most closest. popular episode, uh, strangely enough, in Norm's like of history, is the Resident Evil episode. We got a lot of... Uh, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Paul Thomas Anderson fans, <laughs> or whatever that dude's name is. Paul W.S. Anderson. And yeah, now, uh, the non-talented course, Paul Anderson. The episode is translated in Japan as the biohazard episode. I think we're getting a lot of listens it's from really that. It's really been taking off. Yeah, I think that's, <laughs> that's why. That's a good pull. 
Funnily enough, though, number two is Spooktacular, and number three is Spider-Man. So I got, you know, if we're giving this, points, oh, which Joe. I will not keep track of, okay. Joe got the number but three. But the fucking Spooktacular, yeah, dude. Two. We love Halloween I, episodes, dude. I would I love to do that. I we just did invent that. Well, yeah, it's crazy. Well, Mike, do you think there's any correlation between Resident Evil and you being... Uh, you know, one of the best uh, Resident Evil speedrunners in the world. <laughs> Ooh, that well, brings up an interesting question. So, guys, we we've if you haven't subscribed to us on other platforms and stuff, we recommend you do that as well. I'm subscribed to Mike on his Twitch feed at Umbasa Mufasa. I get those mm-hmm. little uh, alerts that he's playing his games. Now, I think we hit a solid month, baby. Of you playing a lot of quarantine games, but where I would see those and they would come in and it would just say, Mike's playing Resident Evil 3 again. Mike's playing Resident Evil 3 again. I told you, if I could love any game as much as you love that game, buddy, I'm excited to hear you talk about it. No, exactly. And this is kind of a big watch. So one of my big watches has been, um, you know, speed running Resident Evil 3. And uh, I've only played it. 287 times, Colin. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That's the count to date. And I I do have a run that's being verified where I'm the number 16th fastest in the world and the fifth fastest American in the uh, New Game Plus route. So, uh, you know, not... It's it's been fun and I did like it, but maybe the new game coming out uh, has helped Resident Evil. Who knows? But that is one of my watches I wanted to mention. I thank you for bringing it up. Uh, Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I was fifth best at... In America, at anything that I would be pretty proud of that. So, well, we should say Mike's world. waiting on you, yeah. Jacob. You have your sash. You're the guy who verifies those speed runs. So, if you would just That's get right. to it, man, and let him I'm know. the speed run judge with his That's verification right. sash. <laughs> but uh, piggy, piggybacking off of uh, Jacob's answer, however, because he he you know said um, was it Rise of Star- I said Rise Skywalker? of the Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. All right, because I do have here what's the most popular Star Wars episode. But actually, I think it... Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) I can tell you it's not Revenge of the Sith. Okay, I'm going to say... Yeah, yeah, it's uh, Last Jedi. Last Jedi, okay. Um, Colin? You got to wonder, does it start strong? Um, Does it peak in the middle? Does it it really like hit ahead at the end there? I'm still going to say Rise of Star Wars just because it it would get the most search. Or was it one of the ones with Adam on it because he's he's such a funny guy? Yeah, very true. Very true. True, true, true. And Joe? Uh, I'm going to say Dead in the Center, everybody's favorite Star Wars movie, Empire Strikes Back. Wow. Okay. So um, Colin gets the closest, but he still doesn't get it right. Of the Star Wars episodes we've done, we often forget about the very first one that was Star Norms, just talking about the franchise as a whole. That has been the most popular. It's had the most time to marinate, but the number two most popular is actually Solo, followed by Rise of Star Wars. Wow, I did not expect (laughs) either of those answers. Well, those ones were not part of the Star Sember Wars Vember, right? But Rise of Skywalker was, and that one is Mm. the most popular. Rise of Star Wars. Yeah, even of the Star Wars, uh, Star Sember Wars Vember, Rise of Skywalker was the most popular of those episodes. And we can I, I announce. Love Solo's number two. Well, when we can yeah. announce here, Joe, <laughs> that for the coming Star Vember Wars Sember month, we're just going to be doing Solo again. We're going to do it for <laughs> yeah. all seven We're going to watch it nine times in a row. <laughs> yeah, nine, mm-hmm. nine times. <laughs> we're going to break it down so, half uh, hour by half hour. <laughs> that's right. It's like Star Wars Minute, but Star Wars Half Hour. We can't steal their concept. <laughs> that is another podcast, but you should only listen to us there can only be two uh sith so on the star wars train i also have a question here and 
the question is not a Star Wars question, but I'll give you a clue that every single answer is a Star Wars movie. And that question is, what is the longest episode we've ever done, Colin? Oh, yeah, for sure. They're all Star Wars. For sure. I think I even have it at the top of my head. Last Jedi, two hours and 40 minutes. Okay, that's oh, Colin, yeah. right, Joe? I think it, oh, yeah, go ahead, Joe. I'm, I'm going to say Solo, because I think I remember that one going pretty long. But Last okay. Jedi is probably... It would have to be three hours, Joe. <laughs> Uh, no, I think it was movie. one of the War Sember ones because I think it was one of the ones Adam was on because you know we were just enjoying talking to him so much that it went pretty long. I'm going to say uh, Return of the Jedi. How much did Adam pay you, by the way? <laughs> You're really promoting him. No, he's I a great guy. We're really happy to have him on the show. We did have a good conversations. Colin actually gets it right with The Last Jedi, two hours, 49 minutes. So he was I think right I've there. listened to that um, recently. Because Adam, longer than the movie, at I believe. Hosted Pod, it is definitely yeah. as long as the movie, Jacob. We did a it's minute a highly per minute commentary. kind of movie, yeah. Uh, but then Return of the Jedi is two hours and 40 minutes hey. and Rise of Skywalker, two hours, 25. And when we say Rise of Skywalker, you have to say, hey, hey, you can't just hey, say, hey, hey. hey. Um, hey. And on the watches, I just wanted to say that thinking back about Rise of Skywalker, and I've been kind of revisiting Star Wars stuff. We did the Mandalorian a little while back. Rise of Skywalker was so bad that it made me like The Last Jedi. That's you know what I mean? Like, here, I was someone who didn't like The Last Jedi. Now I'm like, but comparatively, it flow. <laughs> yeah, you do well, that's, like I, at least something good came out of that movie. Then, yeah, like, let it wash yeah, over the, you. The buddy. silver lining of Rise of S- Star Wars. It's more that yeah, I so think uh, new for me. You know, I think Rise of of Star Wars could have been a good movie, but I think the main problem with all three, that whole trilogy, was that Last Jedi. While I think it's a good movie. Um, it doesn't feel like it's, it fits within a trilogy with, um, like it could have been a sequel to force awakens, which it was, but then, um, rise of Skywalker, rise of Skywalker felt more like a sequel to force awakens than last Jedi. So it's very schizophrenic trilogy, if you will. The whole thing with the trilogy too, is it's like, all right, I can take this franchise wherever I want. My name's JJ Abrams. What do I do? Let's just kill Palpatine again. Right. Like. Okay, like it's a little crazy. <laughs> I know. Bankrupt. I saw these movies. I know what to do. I, I mean, really, them. I think the biggest mistake <laughs> Star Wars made was the idea of continuing this the Skywalker saga at all. I really wish they would have been like, "Hey, we're making new Star Wars." No, it doesn't have anything to do with the the Skywalkers. Mm. And Mike, really, they barely feel like that anyway. Oh yeah, and Mike mentioned uh, we did a Mandalorian episode. We've gotten some more news there. Like we know that Timothy Oliphant is going to play a character that wears Boba Fett's armor or something in the next season and, of Mandalorian. Probably a cowboy hat too. <laughs> Justified. <laughs> he um, loves wearing cowboy hats. Cade, it'll be. Yeah, Cade. we did those predictions about Asuka Tano. Uh, just checking in on Star mm-hmm. Wars. Have you guys done the Clone Wars? Joe, did you ever get around to finally playing that new Star Wars game that you were talking about forever and ever? No. And what's really funny about not getting around to play that Star Wars game is that the Jedi Academy is on uh, Switch now. And I think I'm going to pay the $15 to buy Jedi Academy before I play mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Fallen oh, Order. Joe, I got that game on Steam for like $5. I still have not touched Fallen Order. <laughs> yeah. Friend of the show, Adam, was playing Jedi Academy as well. Ah. So. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the, the best Star Wars games out there. I've also been playing through um, the Force Unleashed games as well, because those are on the uh, 
the PlayStation app for free. So, and ooh, oh. here's a tip: if you if you have that service, the PlayStation One, those games are on there, and they also include all of the skins. So I played through the first game as Luke Skywalker from Return of the Jedi. Wow, oh, dude, sick! Well, Joe, I got a triangle flap and everything. Yeah, I got to tell cool. you, Joe, I you know those uh, basically I, I get a lot of games on Steam when they're on sale. And at one point, a lot of basically all the Star Wars games were on sale, and you could get them for like two dollars, three dollars, four dollars, like some of the older games. And I just bought like a, just a bunch of old Star Wars games. So I have like Dark Forces, Dark Forces Two, Jedi Knight Two, Jedi Outcast, Jedi Kotor, Knight, Jedi Knights Academy, of the Old Republic, Kotor One, Kotor Two, uh, Commando, Starfighter, Battlefront Two from two thousand five, Shadows of the Empire. So I got all of those for like five dollars or less Empire. each. So. Nice. Just be on yeah. the lookout on Steam because they have some crazy deals sometimes. And that's why I have like 200 Steam games that I have played. You should stream some of those, Jacob. I'd love to watch. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I should do that. Yeah, do yeah, a, hey, do a race as a Do an entire stream doing <laughs> yeah, a Zabulba impression yeah. the entire time. I would get that too. Can we play that multiplayer? We should race each other. <laughs> that would Ooh, be sick. But do they have the Scorpion? Because I only want to play Oh, Ooh. I think that's yeah. a DLC, you, yeah. You can unlock mm. Xander, I think, in pre-order. <laughs> Do you guys picture Xander as a character? Go back. Do you guys picture Vin Diesel? I always do. It's Jacob as Vin Diesel. I'll tell you, you picture some sort of cosplay. Small with white hair for some reason. I almost picture like Sora or or like a Final Fantasy character. Sure. Little boy Jacob would have been like, yeah, he's super cool. I had this Lego head that was like an android or a robot with like weird like robot eyes. So that was the head. And then I had a, I told you I had a glowing hook for a hand on my left hand that I got from <laughs> no, some set. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> a laser I hook. have said, a lightsaber I have said that we get a new detail every time. The laser <laughs> hook is the new detail new. for episode 100, told you everyone. That before, no yeah. way. No. Go back and listen. <laughs> it went Scorpion, Xander, now laser hook is the newest yeah. reveal. Yeah, there was no laser hook. I would remember that. Yeah, the laser More than hook anything, a big part I of hope it. we just get Xander fan art someday. Like, I just <laughs> oh, want fan art of Jacob that would be Xander in the Scorpion. That would be huge. That's all I want. I only wish I could go back to my dad's house in Ohio and find those find these old things. They're probably destroyed many years ago. I don't know, but dang. Well, you might Legos be able to unearth that. that together. True, That's true. true. They, they snap right back. And Xander's a robot, so I'm sure he's still alive. Um, speaking of video games, that brings me to the next question. Um, as we mentioned, Resident Evil is the most popular episode, so I want to ask you guys, what is the second most popular video game episode? Colin. Trying to think about the ones that we've done. I really enjoyed the Final Fantasy episode that we did recently. Uh, Metal Gear is one of those. I've never played one of those before. So <laughs> hearing you and special guest Andy talk about that, Mike, was really cool. Uh, I would assume just for searching, it's Halo. It's, you know, some guy, Halo? some guy is we just listening to that Halo episode. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. A lot. Um, All right, Joe? I don't remember. Mortal anything. Kombat. My gut is saying Mortal Kombat. So mm, I'm going Mortal okay. Kombat. Jacob? Well, I didn't even know we did a Halo episode, but uh, I'm going to have to agree with Colin that if, if if we did that, then it's probably the most popular. And that might tie into some uh, Whatcha stuff, too. Gotcha. Well, so uh, it's not Halo, but it is Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Joe, you got it. Oh. Um, and the number the number three is Pokemon, and I don't know the number four because uh, you know I, I couldn't be bothered. You can't really sort by category. Hey, Joe's yeah, nailing these, though. Joe's gotten the most so far uh, dead on. So Mortal Kombat did it. 
Um, on the note of Halo, we have been playing Halo 2 multiplayer, me and yeah, Jacob on buddy. Twitch. We've also been playing with Adam. So playing with the boys, the Halo boys. streaming right? Yeah, we've been streaming yep. a little it's fun bit. because usually we're only the only people watching each other's streams, <laughs> but then we're all playing and you guys streaming. Are just yeah. So like no one's watching it, but five streams are live. So come on and check it so out. So what we want to do is, is uh, co-op the campaign at some point. That's the plan is to do like a, maybe a co-op campaign and then stream that. So that mm-hmm. could be fun. Yep. This is every exactly. Halo game. This is the Halo Master Chief Collection. Master Chief Collection. It's one, two, three, four, ODST and Reach. Oh, shit. Eventually. That's on Steam? But all of them aren't. They're releasing them like one at a time. But for all of them. You buy all of them for 40 bucks, or you can buy like one game for 10 bucks. All the games aren't out yet right now. Just one, two, and Reach are out. And I did mm-hmm. play a little um, campaign. I played a little of... Uh, Combat Evolved, which is the first one campaign, and then I played a little bit of Reach campaign, which I never played before, and was enjoying it. So I'm gonna keep the that. Reach up. campaign is fun. I remember that one. Yeah, that's the one where that you're a team, four player, you're I part believe. of a team of Master Chiefs that aren't Master Chief, but yeah. Yeah. Well, and they're the the cast of Firefly. No, that's oh, ODST. Yeah, exactly. That's ODST. Yeah, you're thinking. Oh, that is. is um, that's one where they're normal soldiers. Reach is oh, like no, a right. Reach is Reach a team of master chiefs that each have like their own speciality. You all have different abilities. Yeah. Yeah. ODST yeah, yeah, is yeah. like normal marines, and that's Nathan Fillion and Alan Tudyk, and yeah. Those two are just blending in my mind. Mike, as a guy who plays uh, a modern shooter, you did Doom. Uh, you talked all about mm-hmm. Doom Eternal. We love talking Doom. It, it just yeah. in my mind, those flood like levels of Halo 1 and Halo 2 where I could just jump in, choose just one of those campaign levels, that would be an afternoon for me. It seemed like shooters had such long shelf life campaigns. Did Doom have that? Did did you think? It, do modern shooters have that in your guys' opinion? Here's, here's the thing for me. You know, I played Doom, I played Final Fantasy, and I played Resident Evil 3 most recently this year. And I, I only beat Doom once. I played Resident Evil 287 times, and I played Final Fantasy VII one time. So the 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 Doom, even Doom 2016, which I loved and I played like a ton. I didn't. It doesn't stick with me as much as the Halo campaigns do. Um, and I think that's a testament to what Halo was able to do with making shooters like really viable on a home console. Obviously, Goldeneye is one of those games, uh, but I think but it just felt Halo more, more than a shooter. Level. It just had yeah. such a complex it's, story mode, dude. You're right. And the way it's presented, too, like Doom is all hallways and it's like sick, right? But Halo was like you're in a spaceship and it's super tight for level one. And then level two, it's just a planet. And like it blew my mind, the scale and the soundtrack and like the color palette, like the texture and like the yeah. world building of Halo is just so and good. Being able to like get in a vehicle, visual. like, mm-hmm. you know, that would that had never really been done before. Just like, oh, you can get in a Warthog now and just drive around in the same level where you were just shooting. And so, like, yeah, Halo Combat Evolved really broke a lot of ground for FPSs for sure. Especially like scoping to the combat. Oh my god! <laughs> has yes. it has it evolved your combat, Jacob? <laughs> yeah, but uh, the the shooter that I've been playing a lot of recently, uh, which is uh, Call of Duty: Modern Warfare, um, hey. those are not so much known for their. <laughs> you know, store their campaign. I played the new campaign um, for this game. It took about six hours. It was all right, but it was nothing special. And I think really highlights, you know, Halo just has these really good stories where Call of Duty, you really buy it more for the multiplayer. And that's what I've spent, you know, hours playing. But the campaign is really secondary for those games. 
See, that's where I struggle with a game like Call of Duty is like, I don't want to buy any game just for one aspect of it. Like if I'm giving you $60, I want it to be worth it. True, but I've put in enough I put in enough hours to really get my money's worth, I think for but I mean I've just been playing a lot of that, you know, grinding for camos and and the battle pass type stuff. So that keeps you engaged, I think, without doing microtransactions too much. So that's nice. Did you say you're grinding on cameo? No, I'm grinding <laughs> <laughs> man, how yeah, much check, would that check cost it out. me? Um, <laughs> How many subscribers? No, you know, basically you just grind for different camos for your guns. And then you, when you get all the camos, you get the gold camo. And then if you get all the gold camos on all the guns, you get a sp- new special camo, which is even better. So that kind of keeps you engaged in the game when there's nothing really to play for, right? And we had a nice long conversation off pod, I think literally after our last record, uh, where we were just kind of shooting the shit. And you were explaining to me, Jacob, the Call of Duty versus Modern Warfare versus, I think, Medal of Honor, I was also convinced was part of these series as well. Well, they are, we, yeah. And we did They're kind all... of say, we could do an episode on this, right? Like, would you recommend? We, we could do a, a Call of Duty Yeah, maybe. Episode. I mean, yeah, it's very nor- it's, I, it's very normie for sure. Maybe one of the normiest things a, we've done. It's an important franchise, though, for sure. Yeah. Look, we did an episode on Angry Birds, okay? We could do an episode on <laughs> That's true, Angry that's true. Rip the I don't even like to admit Joe. that I've uh, been playing it a lot because I just feel like I don't want to get lumped in with the you know what you might think of as a Call of Duty fan because I don't really you know identify as such, but I've just been playing it a lot because it's very bag, You say 360 no scope. I mean, you that's do right. all of the tropes. I'm drinking my gamer fuel. Yeah, I see Doritos. six Monster Energy drinks behind you, and I'm pretty sure one is. Full <laughs> I didn't even know Mountain Dew so came in that color. <laughs> but yes, Colin, to answer your question, Medal of Honor was the precursor to Call of Duty, basically. And that was World War II. Then Call of Duty Modern Warfare, which is set in current days. There's also Black Ops, which is like Cold War, Vietnam era. So, that but it's all Call mind. of Duty, essentially. It blows my mind that people would want to relive stuff like Desert Storm and stuff, because truly, once it got past Medal of Honor, I'm like, well, okay, that was like the glory days of war. You don't even want to say that, truly. But all the other stuff, it's like, ooh, it all just gets very complicated. Yeah, and that's why, you know, the campaigns, I a lot of them feel like, you know, U.S. military propaganda, which I'm not about, but personally. But I do like the multiplayer <laughs> I mean, aspect of it. That's why I like these games. <laughs> My favorite Call of Duty mission is when you you fall in love with a woman in Vietnam and don't come back to your family. You start a new one. <laughs> oh no! Joe's character ends <laughs> up in a wheelchair. The call of Duty, yeah. you know, and they had the you know yeah. infamous you know no Russian, which you've probably heard of when you kill civilians in an airport. Very famous level, um, right? And many yeah. others. Yes. Press yeah. F Waiting for respect. In line at the VA. <laughs> What's that called? Not getting press that. F yeah, to yeah. pay your respects. Isn't that press a F to pay your respects? Yeah. Kevin Spacey. Call of Duty. Yeah, he was in that. Oh, one. he's. Says that he says out loud, press F to pay respect. Well, that pedophile. That, but, no, but he's in that's that the one game. he's in. Advanced oh, okay. Warfare. When, that's the where the meme came from. Cool, cool, cool. But that cool. did all come from Halo, kind of making shooters on consoles. You know, it made the normie audience be like, "Hell yeah, I like to be competitive and shoot gun." And then Call of Duty was like, "We we can provide that's that right. every year. <laughs> yeah. We'll give you to that like it's John Madden football. You are they, they are the Madden of shooters. They really yeah. are. And like you know, Halo and Call of Duty were like the two. You know, it was like like Pepsi and Coke, you know, Disney and what I don't know, but <laughs> Marvel and DC, you know, the, the two twins, but um, they had very different play styles, um, right? Ooh, hold on. I want to jump in right there because Jacob said something that I threw in the notes. This is my new theory. I want to hear how all of you guys say it. We're done with it. It's no longer Marvel versus DC. That brand war is over. It's in the past. It's laid to rest. Long live Disney Plus versus HBO Max. 
Now, the day that we're recording oh, this, shit. HBO Max is coming out. Um, okay, I don't understand what HBO Max what it is, is. Because I have great. HBO now, or Go, HBO Go. We have we have Go, <laughs> Go now, now transforms into Max. But what, okay, I thought I had now. I had now or Go. I don't know what the difference is still. I think we have Go now. would be the one that you're attached to uh, a cable provider where you pay for HBO on your cable service. Therefore, you have access to the HBO app. HBO Now, now HBO Max, was the standalone app service that they Well, that's what I have. And now. So, yeah, you have HBO Max now. You're, There's you're no way, a really? Friends fan, right? Oh, my but God. I hey, have, I think that's day one, Big Bang Theory. That's what you're going through all of those, right? Big Jack? Bang Bazinga. Theory. That's not an HBO yeah. show. I, but they paid money for this. So, and Jacob, oh. that's the thing. So you say, that's not an HBO show. Well, hold on. What does Disney Plus really have? Here's what it gets down to, guys. It's no longer things like, I hope this Marvel movie does well versus I hope this DC movie does well. Do you guys know spoilers, anything about the upcoming Space Jam movie? Yes, I know a lot not about it, actually. Much. Oh, my God. And Joe, I kind of thought you might, too. But for anyone who doesn't want to know anything about it, skip ahead. I'm sure you guys don't care. Mike, do you care if I kind of blow something about Space Jam? Is there basketball in <laughs> yeah, it? There is LeBron basketball. James. See, the reason I know movie. about it, Colin, is because I'm a big LeBron James fan, personally. Oh, you're you're following all LeBron his tweets James about fan. it? And also, uh, Sonequa Martin-Green, uh, you know, Michael... What's her name? Michael from uh, Star Trek Discovery is um, playing. You're not going to say Walking wife. Dead. Yeah, you're <laughs> no, not going to say walk- Walking Dead first. She was in The Walking Dead, yeah, and then she was Michael Burnham. Mike, here's the interesting thing about it. Great name. And that's what yeah. this all overarching leads to. Space Jam Two is a conglomerate product by Warner Brothers, where they say there was some some leaked stuff came out on Twitter. Maybe this is what Jacob saw. I think LeBron James got in trouble for tweeting kind of a demo reel that they were showing at the rap party. It is no longer just Looney Tunes. It is going to involve all Warner Brothers properties. We have seen Voldemort will be in the background of it. We know Jim Carrey's The Mask. We know that (laughs) the Joker, current iterations and different iterations. Now, this is what I'm saying, guys. The content streaming wars are now going to branch out into the content that they create. It's no longer, it's like, well, why wouldn't I make a, uh, the day HBO Max comes out, uh, Disney Plus announces, oh, by the way, we're doing a Kingdom Hearts TV show on Disney Plus, because Uh, think about all this content. Go back and listen to our Kingdom Hearts episode, because think about all that content that we could mine and blah, 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 blah. It's the perfect time for this podcast, guys, because normie stuff is now literally not a question of when will it be made. It's a question of how much of it will be mined to the products that it turns into. Right. Everything's going to be Ready Player One now. That <laughs> exactly. Is crazy. I mean, well, Colin, the original yeah. Space Jam was literally made out of an ad campaign. Yeah. So it only makes sense that the sequel <laughs> is just an ad campaign. If there's, one thing I know, as a film. if there's one thing I know about kids these days is that they're really into Jim Carrey's The Mask. Oh, yeah, it's their favorite movie. <laughs> well, we know um, from no, Sonic, I didn't know baby. That, Somebody very, stop me. Isn't that strange, Jacob? I've been anticipating this Space Jam movie for a while because, um, I mean, it was it's a few years ago now that it was first Since announced that it would be LeBron James in it. And there's going to be, you know, Lola other money is your biggest crush. <laughs> there's going to be other um, um, basketball stars in it, Anthony Davis and and some others. So I'm really looking forward to it because, you know, Space Jam one, it's not a great movie, obviously, but 
there's a lot of nostalgia factor into it of, of being a kid in the nineties. And another thing that, you know, uh, we can lead into with a watcha is, uh, something I've been watching the last dance, the Michael Jordan documentary series Ooh, on ESPN. Yes. Um, yeah, just growing up, you know, seeing Michael Jordan, Looney Tunes, gotta love it. Right. And so was he gambling on the final game of Space Jam, do you think? <laughs> do you think he was placing a huge bet that he would beat the Monstars? Yeah. I already had a bad He's burrito a... And, and had food poisoning the whole time. That's right. Hey, well, he was gambling with the fate of the free universe at that point. And now Tom yeah, Brady is announced... we could all be slaves the... in an alien theme park if <laughs> the not space for him, park. so... Uh, Tom Brady announced he's right doing now? his own docu-series, I believe, on his season of the Patriots, too. It will be curious to see right. the fallout. It was such a successful sports doc, The Last Dance. It kind of had its own little Tiger yeah. King moment, right? The Last Dance is a, is a very big uh, cultural thing, um, just because you know a lot of people watched it while in uh, quarantine, obviously. is very in the news. And, I mean, obviously, you know, everyone knows Michael Jordan. We all grew up in the 90s. He was huge in the 90s, obviously. Um and he was the greatest ever until LeBron came along. But um, <laughs> the Tom Brady one, I don't know about that because I don't know if it'll be as, as successful. The, the reason why this oh, one is what? so good Belichick is... Belichick won't <laughs> say an interesting fucking word. Of course not. No, I think it could be interesting. But the problem is, right, Michael Jordan is like 50 years old now. So this all happened 20 years ago. These are, you know, people looking back on things that happened 20 years ago as, a parent, as opposed to... They're going to make, what, Tom Brady in his last year at the Patriots, which was last year, but he's still playing football now. He hasn't even retired yet. I'm pretty sure Tom Brady had, like, a Facebook series, too, where, like, he kissed his son on the mouth. Yeah, yeah. He was getting, like, <laughs> TB12 injected into him. Right. I, I don't think anyone should be able or be allowed to kind of look back or do a retrospective on something that only happened a year right. ago. Well, I think Tim that's Tebow wrote a, Wait until you're retired from football. It's like, doing, it's like doing a 100th episode special or something. Like, <laughs> how, how big of an ego do you need to have right. to um, participate in something like yeah, that? Yeah, but The Last Dance, uh, check it out. It's on ESPN. If you have ESPN, you can watch it. It's a 10-part documentary series. Super interesting. Basically, I'll give you the quick pitch of it, is that... This camera crew followed Michael Jordan around in 1997-98 season, his last season with the Bulls, right? Second three-peat. Um, so it's all this unprecedented, never-before-seen footage of, you know, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman behind the scenes. And then also intercut that with, like, a whole story of his life from, you know, being in college, getting drafted, and everything he went through in, in the NBA. And just think about the thing that really blows my mind, right? So... Michael Jordan was the biggest sports star in the world, right? In the 90s, biggest we've ever seen. In the middle of his prime, mm -hmm. he retires to play minor league baseball. I mean, can you imagine like LeBron James doing that today? Like it would be unthinkable. So it's just really crazy to think about. Um, any thoughts on that, guys? Yeah, you can see the whole saga on ESPN, which is owned by Disney, which is a win for the <laughs> Disney Plus column of this argument. Great, I mean, Colin, you're right. It really is beyond like the DC Marvel. It's whatever conglomerates have been bought up by Disney and Warner Bros. I think it's Disney Plus versus Vistage. Quibi. Oh, it's okay, corporate sure. feudalism. Yeah, it's, it's insane right yeah, now. Yeah, but let's put Shaq on the Mandalorian. For my Lord HBO. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean Disney owns everything now. I don't know. I'm I have Disney Plus still, but I don't know why because I haven't used it since I the don't Mandalorian ended. So why am I still paying for it? I don't know. But 
Well, I'll hit you with a watch. Yeah, I'm watching Prop Culture on there, um, which is a show ah. where a dude goes through and just tracks down old props from Disney movies. Uh, and if you're a fan of the movie they're talking about, it is a ton of fun. There's episodes on Roger Rabbit and uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Basically, it's just like, oh, what if I found this, you know, prop replica boat and that they used and then you hear the story of like how they shot it and stuff like that. So it's a cool little behind the scenes stuff. No, I love I love that kind of stuff. I grew up watching movie magic on uh, the Discovery Channel, like behind the scenes. I was like, Con Air, that was not a full size airplane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I- I've never even seen that movie, but whoa. So anything with, you know, props and how they do that is in my wheelhouse. Uh, I do have a proposition for you guys. How about we take a quick break? Got a couple more questions for you on the flip and we'll keep this Whatcha 100th anniversary celebration rolling right after Leah. Yeah, I said we on Yeah, like listening to that guy. Ooh, I love Roger Rabbit. I would fucking blow my brains out if I had to hang out with that guy in real life because it was the guy like who voices him. With... Yes, he's basically Roger Rabbit, dude. Like it is crazy yeah, in this documentary. Um, basically, like he's he sounds so manic, and think about like that's a movie from the eighties, and he still sounds exactly the same. On set, he wore a Roger Rabbit costume and like no. accosted fucking Bob Hoskins the whole time. I thought Whoa. there was like a stand-in thing. Is that the prop yeah. that they find? They do. They find the prop and they show it to him. And then also the bow tie that he wore because he wore the the actual suit. Like it was crazy. He, he was crazy. You have to check That's it out. Insane. He does the voice too. That's what made me think about it. I have yet to see that episode, but I will definitely have to check that out. Um, and we are back. That little anecdote about Roger Rabbit leading us from, uh, what's the name of the show, Joe? It's Prop. Prop culture. Prop culture. Prop culture. Like, right. culture. And, you know, we like to cover pop culture here. And, you know, Roger Rabbit is quite an interesting movie, although that guy sounds like a nightmare. I want to ask you now on the movies, <laughs> what is our most popular movie-centric episode again? This is could include a whole franchise like the dedicated Star Wars episode, things like that. And even movies based on comics or video games, for example, we've covered, you know, um, Spider-Man Far From Home and Wonder Woman or Aquaman, those would count as movie episodes to a degree. So. Oh, it's got to be Aquaman. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that's yeah, what there. I was thinking too, Jacob. That's so funny that you say that. Hmm, 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 hmm. I'm even trying to struggle just to think of like standalone movies that are their own thing. Like, what have we done? Mad Titanic. Max, that was a franchise recently. We did not do a Titanic episode. <laughs> we will. We'll do oh, a no. James Cameron. <laughs> Uh, we did an Arnold one. You know, we haven't done a Terminator. I would pitch that at some point. Oh, I'll yeah. go with, yeah, I'll throw it to like Harry Potter or something again. Okay. Like Joe? Oh, man. Every movie episode we've ever done just like fell out of the back of my head. Maybe um, <laughs> Infinity War? Did we do an Infinity War? Yeah, we did oh, one of those. I'm going to say, end, we did Endgame, right? Yeah, yeah. Probably when it we came out. We did both those. <laughs> did we talk about this? <laughs> yeah. Did we I do don't, Lord I of the don't Rings? think so. We haven't done Lord <laughs> of the Rings I don't think we've yet. ever covered Avengers. Oh, that's yeah, a Yeah, we will do it. Well, we could do, like yeah. we said, that would be between uh, one and six episodes, depending on how we <laughs> break it down. Um, so, oh, Harry true. Potter, Colin, you nailed it. The most ever. Oh, shit. No way. Yeah, really? yeah. Uh, also. That was. 
That was one, one of the early ones that Jacob. I was on. That's right. Yeah. I think that was post, did we just see Fantastic Beasts 2, Jacob? We might have just had Probably, a nice trip yeah. into the parking lot, <laughs> yep, a, yep. a nice confusing watching of that, and then a yeah, half-hour yeah. conversation in the parking lot <laughs> afterwards going, he's, he's Dumbledore's what? <laughs> <laughs> just uh, Go back to the blood. Flash episode if you, if you want to hear us talk about Ezra Miller again. Okay. Um, it just a madness. I finally saw that movie. I finally saw that that second one. The second oh, one. What did you think, Joe? Yeah, it was. It's just confusing. Like it's it's, oh, it's, it's very it's more confusing, confusing because anything. it's been a while for you. Did you remember any of who the relationships were, like the American Baker and all that stuff? I would. I mean, I remember truly. the American Baker because you know that's like really surface level, and they they basically reintroduce her when they when the two of them enter the rest of them are all new like yeah it's the new character johnny depp was in that movie for like 15 seconds originally and then in this one he's got like that asian snake lady is his his best yeah oh yeah and then truly bellatrix lestrange jacob the bellatrix lestrange subplot with the black guy who in a crypt says by the way remember i'm this person and i've been pretending to be this person all the time i remember looking over to you and just being like what I didn't know who they were in the first place. So I can't yeah, yeah, that. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. And there's the whole story <laughs> with like the two babies on the boat, and then she like oh! saves the one baby. It's oh, like, what? man, I have not rewatched it. Boy, it'd be like oh! if you met someone and she was like, "Oh, my name is Cindy," and then 20 minutes later was like, "By the way, my name's really Kathy," and it'd be like, "Okay, well, I don't, I don't know who we were to begin with." Joe, let me ask you this. Now, this brings up one of our favorite moments in just my entire life in history. Now, when we saw that movie. Jacob and I were obsessed with the opening scene where Johnny Depp escapes, where he has he a little lizard. <laughs> he pops up out of the window. He and has means nothing. To he him. has tricked a guy to looking <laughs> like him. He then breaks right. inside, Makes picks no up the sense. little lizard, and says, "Ah, Mavolio, my old friend," <laughs> and then throws the lizard outside says, the carriage. Oh, so needy, and then tosses <laughs> yes, it out. That's what he says, "Oh, you're so needy." Kills him. <laughs> what was that? Did that happen? Was that a fever dream? That happened no, when you watched. No, that happened. Yeah, okay. that happened. Yeah. On the, Let's just show you what carriage. a bad guy uh, Grindelwald is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. You know, he has this <laughs> lizard and then he just throws it out the window. He kills that baby later, right? He walks in the room with the baby and he's like, That's right. They do kill a baby. Yeah, sure. Who cares about any of that garbage? Again, not to take it in like a weird Harry Potter rant, but like, there's a built in, ooh, Hogwarts is about these or started by these four people with names that you know and like items that come back in the real series. No, we're not going to explore any of that in the spinoff. The spinoff is going to be about like Dumbledore's like uh, well, it, call me by your name moment where you have like his Grindelwald in it, there. I don't know. Man. Yeah, it Grindelwald. So weird. In the later books, you know, with the Deathly Hollows and everything, the Grindelwald Dumbledore relationship is is touched upon so it's kind of expanding on that but then they didn't even go all the way and i mean the whole point is that dumbledore and grindelwald were supposed to be lovers and then they don't even put that in the text of the film and said they were just good friends who made a blood pact they do do a fluid exchange so yeah yeah (laughs) yeah my favorite text in the original books is and remember grindelwald has one fucked up eye and crazy bleached hair (laughs) yeah that's really important jake and his best friend antonio Um, to what in his best friend white guy sometimes he's a different man the worst (laughs) to what joe just said i see this online a lot the four uh original creators of hogwarts salazar slytherin create salazar slytherin gryffindor hufflepuff blah 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 ravenclaw lady 
the fact that they yeah, why not just about that. Well, that it, happened the way fact before. That it takes pl- but Jacob, it takes place in Viking times. You have interesting things where people believed in magic at that time. You could literally yeah. have posters that sell itself, character posters, which each with each four of them that say "Choose your house." You know, with the colors in the mm-hmm. background. That is built yeah. in marketing. That is half of the Harry Potter experiences. I want to belong. These people identify where I belong. That that's what it's about. I definitely why think I would, like it literally makes no sense to me why, especially because well, in the original movies and books, it's like the sword of Gryffindor. Yeah, like, right. Could have had a but that all happens like hundreds of years of even before um, the Grindelwald stuff. But I definitely think J.K. Yeah, Rowling cares? really overestimated people's interest in in Grindelwald. Um, but I mean, <laughs> I even in that movie, they mess up the. <laughs> Yeah, but I hate how they, much we've said Grindelwald. <laughs> <laughs> but even it. in that movie, they don't get the timelines right because they're like, "Oh, what if we have um, Professor McGonagall in as a cameo in one scene where she's like a young woman?" But it's like, so so Dumbledore. This is just kind of a pet peeve of mine because Dumbledore is like hundreds of years old, right? McGonagall is like seventy or whatever. She wouldn't. So this happened in nineteen twenties. She wouldn't have even been born. And then they have a cameo of her as like a a lady in her twenties. And it's like, well, we'll just throw her in there. No one will care. And it's like, well, well you're forgetting that uh, Harry Potter takes place in the early nineties. Yeah, so but no, but those books yeah. basically, but Dumbledore is like older than like a lot older than McGonagall. Oh, actually. Jacob, you're it's well, the Obi Wan effect complex. But yeah. Jude Law turns into Merlin at one point. Like, how does that <laughs> within thirty years or sixty years? Yeah. Even if you know after that, yeah, the aging doesn't match. Definitely feels well, like it you'll was... find out in the 14th Grindelwald movie that he got his <laughs> bone juice sucked out in a fight. But Jula being one of the very, the only good things about that series, in my opinion, is Jula. Ah, Remember right. when Jacob said it was the year of Jula? And it was. Yeah. It was it not the year of Jula? We're going to talk about favorite moments on the podcast. Why? I don't know. I mean, he's got Captain Marvel coming out, he's got some other movies. It's I'm calling it the year of Jula. He was in The Young Pope. It made sense at the time, right? The year of Jude the Law young was 1997. <laughs> it was also the year of Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke because they were all in Gattaca, and that's that's right. That's all. Right. That right. he, Jude Law is a great actor. He's been in many things. Um, you know, I think he's a lot like Ewan McGregor. Both very good actors, very similar to me. Um, Hello there. I, you know, rise <laughs> above the material. So you guys love Ewan McGregor, but you have a problem with Jude Law. Huh? No, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not saying there's only room for either. one of them. Okay, make them fight. <laughs> yeah, I can only have one. Um, that's funny. So Harry Potter. Harry Potter's triggering to us. We we might have to come back to that topic, guys. Some of the stuff that's written to. definitely feels like someone who would decide wizard shit on the floor and made him disappear. <laughs> that was. A- <laughs> I love that detail it's, it's that got sense. revealed in the last year. I'm not it's sure just we're explaining things that no one had a question about in the first place. It's just like someone needs to take J.K. Rowling's Twitter away because yeah. Yeah, well, you can put that in a win for the HBO Max column because Thank all you. of those movies are there, and uh, <laughs> I've I've rewatched them all, so I would love to cover all the Harry. Potter. I refuse Jacob, to take a side in this that. HBO versus I, Disney. I'm, I'm on the HBO train, but go ahead. Go Bullshit! On. I'm well, on the you train. Pick Joe, the corporate overload. Uh, what is going on over there? So an article comes out the day before release. It comes out on the 27th. On the 26th of May, an article comes out. An interview with the creative content chief at HBO Max, who says. This is what we have coming out. This is what's coming out. Oh, what was the deal with uh, Harry Potter movies? Well, he says, the deal is 
with a lot of these companies. We have already sold off the rights. It's a big deal that with the Sci-Fi Channel, they do their marathons. That ties in with the Universal theme parks. We play a lot of ads for that there. That's how we make a lot of our revenue. That's all tied in. They will not be coming to HBO Max. The, the very next day, the Sci-Fi Channel, channel plays those Harry weird marathons? Harry Potter marathons. Yeah, of course. That's not Sci-Fi. And the uh, ABC Channel, don't they do those you know, 30 Days of Christmas? Don't those always lead up with the Harry Potter so. marathon like too? Six months of Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> so this day, today, after he makes that comment about how there might be interesting deals to be made for trading content, that we're seeing a lot of swapping things going on with the virus and stuff, has occurred. Why would he put any of that out the day beforehand if the very next day he was going to look like a fool and they do, in fact, have that content? What is going on over at HBO Max where literally somebody can say, no, we're not doing anything with the Snyder Cut. Leave us alone. Hey, uh, um, by the way, do you want Snyder it? Cut, <laughs> it's coming in a year. Maybe we're, we're putting 30 million down on it. That's a good idea, right? Oh, we'll do anything. More than 30 million? Are we did talking you, did Snyder Cut Did you see the latest now? thing? There's, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do it. Let's sick. dive into the Snyder <laughs> yeah. Cut. Um, it's going to cost way more than 30 million. And the rumor is that they're going to go back and do some effects reshoots. So there will be fresh footage in there. David Iyer is now saying like, well, yeah, I mean, you, you could have my Suicide Squad cut. Like, the <sighs> floodgates are open. All bets are off. Just you forget know, about now like, Suicide Squad. They're yeah. going to make a James Gunn Suicide Squad. So why do we need the air cut? Look, we stop trying to go backwards and just go forwards, man. <laughs> like, like yeah, you, exactly. You're remake. Henry like, Cavill's gone. Ben Affleck's cut? gone. Just forget about that era. Look forward. Do, you know, keep what's working and just forget about the Affleck Cavill era because, you know, it's over. No, I don't, see, I don't get it. This is all happening because of a little guy we like to call Sonic the Hedgehog, which was our second most popular <laughs> movie episode. Because that's, true. that's wow. when the fans decided that, oh, they're going to listen to us. And that movie did well. So now all the freaking Snyder Cut truth is like, yeah, give us our fucking movie. And they're like, oh, that's, that blue hedgehog certainly made a profit. Maybe we should release <laughs> the Mike, Snyder Cut. The reaction to a trailer it. video that is a 24 hours afterwards on Twitter with mm-hmm. everybody's reaction coming out saying, I don't like how Sonic looks. It's weird that he has teeth. And then an immediate decision from a company to say, wow, everyone on Twitter said it's weird that we have this hedgehog with teeth. Let's go ahead and reevaluate that. Opposed to a year and a half of targeted harassment on social media, in person. Uh, I mean, is... I don't know how you can reward this behavior. (laughs) And I don't know. Beyond this. I would not reward this behavior. Yeah. I would not. And guys, I would be curious to what you guys say to this, because obviously I'm very not pro the Snyder Cut. I think it's ridiculous. I think he's a ridiculous man to get these people worked up like acolytes like this. What would you guys say to the main criticism of don't you believe in artistic integrity? Because what I would offer up as you think about your answers is there is no artistic venture in a movie called Justice League. Open right. your well, eyes. And if you're saying, Colin, you're biased, there's no artistic uh, you know, thing, merit that should come out of Avengers Endgame. You're right. These are billion-dollar properties these people are fucking why, messing around you know, Marvel with. Marvel has these yeah. problems where the directors, you know, if they don't get along with the Marvel vision, then they're cut loose. Because But Marvel Zack Snyder signed a contract like everyone else, a work contract, which I right. do for my own personal employment, not in the film industry, to do a job. And if he does not live up to the job, he can get removed for that. There is no, 
but what I made is the most beautiful painting that was ever seen in the world. It doesn't matter if you were hired to build a house. (laughs) You didn't do your job. All right, look, I'm going to flip Zack Snyder's words on him. Um, If you think that Justice League should be an artistic movie that's going to win awards, you're living in a fucking fantasy world. Wake up. Colin, you're 100% right. Um, That said, I will watch the Snyder Cut. I'm very curious. Um, But there's no way that it's – I don't understand how it's worth over $30 million to HBO Max to do this. Are you going to get – that many more subscribers, thirty million dollars worth of subscribers. It's based on cut. the you know the the reaction online. So if you're thinking, oh, all these people care so much about it, that means they'll get HBO Max just to see it. That's kind of what they're thinking, I would assume. It's Hollywood accounting. That it's guys. not coming for a year. But right. so. exactly, and it would not be coming if it was not because of this virus. We do not have more content to put out, and the fact of the matter is, post merger. This is not an HBO Max or a Warner Brothers decision. This is an AT&T decision. AT&T only has to spend $30 million to make what looks like a $100 million movie experience and put it on their streaming platform. Mm. That's Hollywood accounting. That's a win for them. Uh, HBO, uh, Warner Brothers, they already lost that money. Kevin Sujihara got fired as president of Warner Brothers for fucking up Justice League. That's done. It's over. (laughs) This isn't Justice League. It's a new product called Zack Snyder's Justice League that will potentially be a four-part miniseries. I'm going to put a gun in my mouth now. Goodbye. Here's what I have to say about (laughs) the Snyder Cut. Okay, one thing. Um, Okay, so Zack Snyder, he has this artistic vision for Justice League. Quote, unquote. Okay, so yeah. we saw we <laughs> saw like we saw his attempt at, at making a you know we saw this. It's called um, Batman versus Superman, and it wasn't. I wish good. it was called that. It's called something <laughs> yeah, much crazier. He couldn't get that right with one cut either. Like right. there's multiple cuts of that movie, but there's obviously like, some like artistic. You know, he's you know the whole point of it is that like oh Superman's. Like Jesus, like did, has anyone ever thought of that before? It's so <laughs> fucking ever deep, man. Of a, of, a, of a Jesus, complex, and then the the uh, climax the is, oh, your mom's name is Martha. My mom's name is Martha too. Holy shit, we're like you know both people. We should like be friends. So I just don't understand what people are expecting to see, like some kind of masterpiece. Well, what you're forgetting though is that there are people who do think that's deep cinema. That that is, uh, <laughs> right? You know. But like I'll make the same argument about Joker. I think Joker is trash for the same reasons. Like I think all the metaphors in all of these new Edgelord DC movies are swimming pool deep. They are not right. these big grand statements that people think they are. Even like as much as I like The Dark Knight and like they have artistic value, I still don't think that they're yeah, they're they're as deep as a kiddie pool, you know, more or less. Oh yeah, Colin, I don't think you were you were saying that there's no art in these movies. I mean, obviously like they're they're big collaborations and there is art there and it is, you know, exciting and and a product we all love. Christopher Nolan definitely put more thought into it. It it is a product. Yeah. Yeah. You can you can have themes and and you can have themes and things groundbreaking themes. Yeah. Right. Sure, who made something so commercial and so artistic with the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Guys, we don't live in that world anymore. It's a job. It's never been more of a job. And Zack Snyder should know that. Well, besides Zack Snyder, who made maybe half of a good movie with 300, 
Um, I'm more concerned, <laughs> you know, with the Chris Terrio connection because he also wrote Rise of Star Wars and Justice League and Batman v Superman. So, however, yeah, I don't however how you edit people it, still get jobs. Keep getting the ingredients jobs. Yeah. are bad. These He's got to have black. It's like the guy Alex Kurtzman and Robert Orsi. He won. He won a freaking Oscar for Argo, and that's it. You know. Right. It reminds me of like Alex Kurtzman and Robert Orsi who do, you know, like new Star Trek and stuff. And it's like, how They're do these people too. still keep getting jobs when everything they do is shit? Oh, we wrote the Transformers movies. Let's give them more jobs doing, you know, Star Trek. Why? I don't get it. But K&O, at least K&O cut their teeth for decades before yeah. they got there. Mm-hmm. Like I like, yeah, those guys have had some major misfires, but they have been working and grinding for True. a long time. Now Terry you know, is going to get another residual check for the same damn movie that he already made. I'm upset. Yeah. That's a loss. I, for HBO. I am. It's just like, just like, like look, Josh. I'll watch it. JJ it's Abrams, fine. You know? Like as a curiosity. But like, yeah. And at this point, give me the Joss Whedon cut then. Yeah. Give me the Snyder cut. Well, give but me Joss an unrated Whedon only cut where you add in blood. Did like additional like, footage, right? Like there couldn't really be a Whedon cut. The Whedon cut is the cut that was released. Give me the Lego, is... the Lego movie cut of Solo. Fuck it. Let's go crazy. Right? Like, <laughs> I want an all-mustache Cavill cut. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, guess well, I really like... watch that, actually. <laughs> I'd watch the mustache Cavill cut. Yeah, um, I, like, it's no one's in particular cut, the theatrical cut. It is Warner Brothers cut. It's a job. Right. It is the studio's cut. I think yeah. the bottom line is that we all agree that this kind of sets just a bad precedent of fans having too much input and they're, you know, the studio is taking the most, the loudest fans too seriously and just listening to them on everything. And so you remember, you know, after game of Thrones last season, everyone hated it. There was a big petition where people said, Oh, just reshoot the whole last season. I mean, that's Jesus Christ. (laughs) I know. I don't think they would, but it's not anything Jacob to watch one of these incel neck beards product if you gave them the half a million dollar budget it takes to make a game of thrones episode and to see that right. guy walk up to amelia clark and be like so in this scene um <laughs> you're gonna talk about valerian steel and it's gonna be cooler than what happened for i would give anything for these nerds to get what they wanted half of me loves that the snyder cut will be existing because finally you will shut the fuck up and when it is not the holy bible of movies what's gonna happen but like like Joe said, I don't think you know a lot of people do probably think that's going to be amazing. And when it comes out, they'll they'll say it was amazing, even if it's not, because they're fans of you know. And they Batman will keep voting Superman. for Trump. <laughs> I really, I really can't wait to watch them back to back because you know I'll make that promise to you guys right now. I will watch the theatrical cut again, which I've seen twice. Yeah. And then Ooh. the Snyder cut back to back. Well, I will I've, see that promise, Joe. Which version? You know, I best. watched the. Um, you know, I watched Batman versus Superman theatrical cut, and then there, there was a director's cut of that. I watched that; it was better, but not that but it's much still, better. It's still, yeah. Sucks. But here's the thing: you don't get multiple takes at your your shot here. Like, if it was anyone else besides like Dude Bro Zack Snyder, you get one shot, and that's it. Right. Like, mm-hmm. well, sometimes you know, there's director's cuts that come out later. Like, you know, Blade Runner had like three different cuts. Yeah, but to Joe's point, this fucker gets five shots in a row. Amy Heckerling made Clueless. Amy Heckerling hasn't made a movie in 10 years. It's like, why are we giving these shots to these fucking losers? Patty Jenkins gets to do a treatment on Thor 2. They don't like the treatment she's out. This guy is... Right, and then she makes the best... Oh, it didn't go well. You can do it again. You can do it again. DC movie? You know, you'll do Justice League afterwards, and when that goes bad, you'll get a gun of that as well. 
Right. Rewarding I don't know. bad I behavior. Mean, you know, some of these directors just have a fan base that, you know, I don't know. They're People like, are loud on because they have developed well, it like at, a cult. <laughs> right. Ooh, got real hot on it. Got real hot on it. It got real hot on this. So let's let's do a quick swing here. So that's on the HBO Max side, right? They're getting the Snyder Cut. Our number three most popular movie uh, was Infinity War. That's now on the Disney Plus side, right? And, you know, they have been censoring, you know, some old movies we see with, uh, I think, Splash. They added some extra long hair to cover a booty shot, and it looked really yeah, weird. Yeah, I need the... <laughs> I think they have Princess Bride right. now, which I'm worried yeah. about. What happens to Princess Bride if it's just locked away? I don't know. Or changed, right? But They're um, editing c- cigarettes out of movies now. Like, what's yeah, this world I, coming I, wh- to? What do we think about that? I mean, I think on the Disney side, that's kind of alarming that they, they can kind of rewrite their own history. Like, hey, what if we just deleted that that Jim Crow scene from the original Dumbo and pretended like we weren't <laughs> terrible? Like, you can't. And then the other ones, they do have warnings. They do have warnings on that stuff. Okay. Cultural um, sensitivity and stuff like that. But I think as it. of today, we have the original Untouched Simpsons episodes. So even that mm-hmm. took a fight. To get yeah. those, yeah, because I, I know that as we get into, you know, the war between uh, the Baratheons and the the Starks or whatever the hell, you know, with Disney and HBO and these conglomerates, like, you know, there's going to be control of information, especially as they. But where does Netflix more come more in properties. on this? They're like a third party. They're like the Definitely. Greyjoys. I Jacob, you were saying indie darling, I think. So let me ask you guys this. You were saying, Jacob, you're not watching Disney Plus. I am definitely not watching Disney Plus. But while we're in this quarantine, I have kept a list of stuff that I've consumed since 326 2020. That's when I first locked myself up mm-hmm. uh, series wise. And I always dictate Netflix, Hulu, what I'm watching it on. I've done the percentage now. I am a 60% Netflix, a 20% Hulu, and then the odds and ends here. But I wanted to ask you guys, because I know there's one development in particular. Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime of course, because of the two shows I've rewatched during this time. It's The Tick and The Boys. <laughs> like, it's so fucking like sad. Amazon it's like Prime. whatever superhero shows they've got. But let me ask you guys this. Hulu original shows. What do you want? Is there any content there other than just next day TV? That's what I use it for. I know there's been some updates on Solar Opposites, right, from our Rick and Morty um, episode. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I on your guys' recommendation, tore through Solar Opposites, and I loved it, man. I really enjoyed the whole series. I, I did it in two days. Was that right, your yeah. first Hulu show, Joe? I think the only one I've ever watched other than that is Pen15. Uh, oh, difficult yeah. People, Cassie. Oh, and okay, sure. Them. I haven't watched any Hulu originals other than Solar Opposites. Yeah, I've not either. I did promise I would watch all of Solar Opposites, but I didn't. I lied, and I can't in good no. conscience sit here in front it's of you. It's very. I binged it. It's very bingeable, you know, because the short episodes, eight episodes, very short. So, well, I've I probably really enjoyed been, it. Yeah, I mean, Colin's stat was like sixty percent Netflix. I've probably been sixty percent HBO because. You know, we've been watching Crashing and uh, Silicon Valley and like catching up on shows that I hadn't watched on HBO before just because should watch, I, was, I should watch Crashing. Yeah, I was Netflix heavy and it was like, well, I'm, I'm over this. So it's what's on HBO. And so we've been kind of going back. You should watch Veep. That's a pretty good show on on uh, HBO. It's a Veep good show. <laughs> I'll tell you, I've I've been watching the, the two big titans here. Um, Simpsons, Marvel movies, Star Wars movies, and America's Funniest Home Videos. Disney. <laughs> hey, the Titans, um, baby. And then all of the Harry Potters and a lot of DC animated content on the um, the Warner Brothers HBO Max side. So that's good yeah, stuff. I'm, I'm pretty split on those two. Like I, Netflix has basically just become an office sleep machine for me. 
I've been watching a lot of, you know, I, I watch stuff on Netflix, HBO, Amazon Prime, all different stuff. But there is a lot of good shows that I've been watching on Netflix recently. And um, there's a lot of hidden gems, I think, if you just look through some of the stuff they have on there. Would you say we one uncut gem in particular? Just Crash Landing on You is great. Um, Crash Landing on You, that's how you recommended that one. I wanted to check that one out, Mike. It's great. But uh, yeah, in the world of now we've all cut the cable and we're not spending the price we did on cable packages, how does it feel to be spending the price you once did on right. cable packages? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's still better because I, I think um, having it on demand streaming is still always better than just having cable where it's just like whatever's on the channel at the time is what oh, you can obviously, watch. Oh, obviously, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it is funny to think about, you know, back in like 2012 when Netflix was first like getting super popular. It's like, oh, I can just pay seven dollars a month and i don't need cable or anything now it's like oh i pay seven dollars a month there pay seven dollars a month there you know it's just like it adds up for sure yeah i mean how many do you guys have because i think i might be the the biggest dummy here i have i, I think i might have the most i i'm a pretty big dummy too i have netflix amazon prime uh dc um the dc streaming thing disney plus hbo um, I scaled back recently cause I had the CBS all access oh, to watch no. Picard. I canceled yeah. that. Guard. <laughs> I'm curious um, how many of your guys's I use <laughs> that. That would be my I think stat. you use my, uh, a couple of people use my HBO. Um, <laughs> technically some of those I share with, with, uh, my roommate as well. So like Netflix is shared. Um, I have my own Amazon, but like Amazon prime I use anyway, just in the, the getting stuff delivered. Yeah, prime. So yeah. Um, but again, you, you know. don't watch Prime shows. None of us are Bosch heads or anything. <laughs> nope. There's some good shows on Amazon, though, like The Expanse. Um, Better than Picard, that's for sure. Hunters, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Hunters I, is good. Oof, we cover all of those. And then uh, I also do Shudder, man. I, I that's love true. Yeah, you Shudder Shutter. service. So, so nobody here's uh, paying for Quibi, huh? No, but before we get back here in just a Quibi, I have one more question kind of about these streaming wars <laughs> before we continue the 100th episode. Uh, you know, looking at how, you know, I mentioned I, I really liked The Invisible Man is one of the first like theatrical release films that came home. And I watched that at home and really enjoyed it. You know, what's going on with Wonder Woman, you know, 84? And like, what what do we feel about kind of these theatrical releases becoming Black Widow? Yeah, home event stuff. And when you see a trailer like Tenet Mike, yeah. where the most uh, intense reveal at the end is coming to theaters, and it doesn't have a date, and you just go, right. wow, Christopher Nolan, you are premiered insane. premiered in Fortnite. No one else um, is coming to now, theaters. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, he, he has a negotiating deal, or I guess not necessarily his deal, but Warner Brothers' deal with theaters is if they can't get 80% filled theater seats, they're not releasing the film. It's not worth it. So the countdown for the July date for Tenant is, will we be up to those standards by then? Mike, I don't think we're going to see any of these movies. I think they're all just, let's get rid of them. Yeah, I mean, I think, here, here's my question, guys. Um, and this is, you know, more of a personal question, just kind of curious. Mm-hmm. July 15th hits, theaters open up. Are you going to the movie theaters? I'm going Are to the movie theater. The movie I'm theater. jumping I'm in a community pool. I'm going to the gym. I'm <laughs> going to touch as many people as I can, Joe. I'll go to a dance party, a club, a bar. No, I'm not going anywhere. Well, here's the thing. You're going to go to the theater and sit there for two hours with a mask on or No, or I'm going to share drinks with the guy next to me who I don't know. Um yeah, yeah. I don't see. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you guys. Like, I the rest of 2020, I don't plan on going 
to a movie theater no matter what. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, I not until like Christmas, I'm going to feel safe. I mean, I guess if something dramatically changes by like the fall, but like if, if we there's get a, like, vaccine. a vaccine or something. <laughs> yeah. Right. Now, by but, dramatically like, changes, I love you going mean to the movie New theater. Mutants gets a release date, Jacob, and then you're like, okay, I got to go. <laughs> No, I love going to the movie theater. Like, I'm a big fan of going to see movies in the theater, but I don't see myself rushing out to do that because why? Why risk it? You know? Yeah. Even if even if nothing would happen, even if there's a small chance that anything would happen, why risk it? Even if I lived in Florida, I wouldn't go. Just, just kidding, Florida <laughs> fans, you're all good. Um, I one, I have two points. One is here's how you solve it: tear down the walls, turn every theater into a drive-in. Done. Jericho. All right, boom. I just I just oh. save movie theaters. They're all drive-in. Bring theaters. back drive-ins. Um, <laughs> Number two, I lost my point, so that's the end of that. Uh, make them all. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all I you drive do is that's the point one possible. Yeah, make them all. This actually, a one and done. the drive-in movie theater in Ohio, that's where they're broadcasting my cousin's graduation. She graduated this year. They filmed it all, and wow. then they're going to invite everybody for a screening of the graduation at the drive-in movie theater, which is kind of a cool thing. Very clever. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. So, you know, what if, you know, theaters they say oh you have to you know do socially distancing in the theater so like every other seat or something so it wouldn't be like you wouldn't be right against people Would that make you more likely to you're not hitting that 80 percent. it's not going to be worth it here's here's my other point you just reminded me with that you know in, in you know the old studio days we had to break up the studios because they had monopoly on distribution and now with these new app systems they're just creating their own monopolies on distribution once again so we're just entering the digital Bastards. studio monopoly age and that's why disney plus hbo max all of this so we're just kind of going back to the old days where we got our actors on our platform distributed to our fans right. only and it's like if you want to work with you know chris evans you can't same shit well that's like yeah like you see these these uh creators and, and people signing overall like first look deals with netflix where it's like mm-hmm. oh anything they want to do netflix is going to get a first look and see if they want to put it out on netflix I mean, that's why HBO did that with J.J. Abrams. They were like, oh, yeah. you're leaving Star And they Star just Wars? did it with okay, the, the Safty brothers as well, Joe. Jacob, your favorite uncut gems. Imagine oh, this. Their it. next two films will not come out in theaters. They'll get distribution through A24 direct to HBO Max. Is that good? Yeah, but I think that makes a little more sense because the kind of movies they make don't make a ton of money in theaters anyway. I mean, that's the, the, the problem is the era that we live in now. Like if you're not a huge blockbuster movie, your theatrical release is really not making much money. Right. So a lot of these movies, uh, you know, they just get released in theaters to get Oscar eligibility and stuff like that. But I think it's a very interesting time that we live in because theaters have, we're already on a precipice, like very, very thin margins because, you know, people can just wait for it to come out on streaming or DVD. They don't want to pay the prices to go see movies in theaters anymore. They kind of have to sell the experience. And that's why, you know, um, uh, 3d, you know, yeah, 3d. And then like why concessions are so expensive because they have to charge that much to actually make a profit because they don't make any money from the box office sales. The theaters don't, you know, and if I can cut out the middleman as a studio, why wouldn't I? So I think this is a good topic. So I, I want to take a quick break and come back because like, where are things headed again with what's going on? And we'll continue with 100 Extravaganza. I think this is uh, pretty interesting stuff. So we'll be right back after this.
All right, we're back. So as we're talking, like, you know, the future of the movies industry, you know, streaming, we're all watching a lot more due to, uh, you know, the stay-at-home orders and everything. We once looked at things like Netflix as, you know, a haven for independent filmmakers, right? And we were just discussing how now you'll have these first-look deals with creators for these platforms. It's almost like, you know, a Google or big tech company getting a smart kid straight out of college and saying, if you ever come up with a great idea, it's our idea. And just, like, buying them out for life, right? And it's like this monopoly on somebody's creative ideas almost in these contexts. Literally, So does indie film die is the question. I think it's oh, good and bad because literally, you know, like you said, Google does have these deals where even ideas that you think of while on company time are now, you know, the IP of, of Google. But I don't think Netflix would go that far. But I I do think but would Disney, it's good would and bad. HBO, right? Maybe. But I think it's good and bad because the good of it is that independent film has already been dying for years and years right. and slowly, you know, slowly dying because there's no money in it. You know, people, you know, if, if your independent film makes... 30 million at the box office that's like a success you know so Mm -hmm. it's hard to even get funding for these movies anymore so if more people are seeing them on streaming and stuff and that gets more of them made then i think that's overall a good thing okay well and the other thing is we're not sitting around our 16 inch black and white tv anymore you know what i mean like everybody's got something that they're watching on the good old 55 or something (laughs) right is the new version of of the home entertainment system it's improved a lot so Right. Yeah. Yes. Like that the old theater, theater that could be your phone now. Yeah. The theater I mean, I would totally right. Is people texting right next to me and you know not shutting up. So why? What, right. What's that experience that I'm paying extra for? Sometimes it can be bad, but it is nice to see it on a big screen. I mean, I have a big TV, but it's not as big as a movie theater TV, right? I would hope not. Um, <laughs> but like you know, but the when downside. I saw- <laughs> The downside, like you were saying, though, Jacob, is that these event movies are the only thing that makes it. So I have to label my short films on YouTube Wonder Woman 1984 leak just to get them viewed. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. not great. But like, you know, when I saw Uncut Gems in theaters, it was an experience to see in theaters. I really enjoyed it. Um, But I also think, you know, if that had premiered on Netflix or something, I think I would have enjoyed it just as much. Sure, and you can look at Julia Fox from your home with your pants <laughs> off, and you can't do that at the movie theater. I think that's important right. to note. Certain movie theaters, if you go to the right part of oh, town, that's true. generally wear the Joker. Uh, rest in peace, Fred Herman. We love you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we see Pee Herman. You go with him. Yeah, um, but generally a no-no. Well, I'm glad we've diagnosed uh, all the pros and cons of the the streaming era. Joe, who's the winner then? HBO Max or Disney Plus? <laughs> Where do we land? capitalism there you go hey. yeah well while it's, we're, uh, we're talking take that comrades while we're talking streaming can i just hit a couple of my watches yeah, let's of, go of, keep it rolling I'll do some, some recommends for like some netflix recommends if people want them so um i watched ozark season three it's pretty good if you like uh Why? ozark if you haven't checked it out yet um it's a great show if you like Mike, breaking you bad um i love yeah. ozark yeah ozark's great so um, check out season three if you haven't yet. Um, Narcos, Mexico, season two. I hear it's a so pretty good show. Yeah, Narcos is a pretty good <laughs> show. And now it's the Narcos Connected Cinematic Universe, as I call it. Because oh. literally... so <laughs> the NCU. <laughs> that's right. It, it's, it, really, it, it really is. because So it's obviously Narcos started season one and two, followed Pablo Escobar, um, Colombian you know, drug lord, famous guy. Um, season three... Also took place in Colombia, but followed after the death of Escobar. Spoiler, spoiler. alert. Um, 
spoiler for history, um, it followed the <laughs> the Cali cartel, which kind of took over after Escobar. Then it, uh, you know, the next two seasons, it's a spinoff, and now it's Mexico. So now we're following um, Diego Luna as uh, uh, Felix Gallardo, the kind of the godfather of Mexican um, drug smuggling. Um, but what's interesting and makes it a connected universe is that, so in season one of Narcos Mexico, um, Pablo Escobar makes an appearance and it's the same guy from the first two seasons um, reprising his role. And now in season two, uh, members of the Cali cartel are in this season in, in like cameos. So it is a connected universe. I just think that's very funny. And um, yeah, check it out. All five seasons are really good, I think. Now, when does Hopper show up? The last time we saw him, he was in Russia. <laughs> He's showing up in the Black Widow movie that's going to drop yeah, soon. Yeah, right. oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He also went in time and then becomes the, I don't know, the, the Red Shield, the Red Guardian. The Red Guardian. That's right. right. Nice. That's almost oh, there. yeah, the Red, the Red Shield. Color, right? <laughs> the Red. Yeah, Mexico, they have um, Diego Luna, who I love. You know, always love him and everything. And um, Cassian Endor. That's right, Cassian yeah. Endor. Um, and then also in, in they had uh, Michael Pena in season one who played... Um, a uh, very famous uh, real-life DEA agent, Kiki C- Camarena, who is famous for getting killed by the uh, Mexican, you know, uh, drug... <laughs> spoiler alert for you history. Said spoiler all for of history. these facts, you don't have a single piece of paper in front of you. You were standing up like one of those ladies on the show, completely naked, cutting up drugs. Uh, <laughs> that is very impressive, Jacob. Well, yeah, you learn a lot about history. I mean... You know, they embellish you stuff. Keep like, rubbing something like anything, on your gums they, too. I don't, I don't know what it is, but you seem very excited. <laughs> I have you know, a historic. Uh, I have a historic show that I can recommend that also has naked people in it. Um, it's called Outlander, and I watched it on Netflix. Ooh. And then that's a stars show. It kind of deals with oh. um, the Jacobites in Scotland trying to restore mm. Prince Charles to the throne against England, and then England, you know, kind of wrecks them and screws up all the clans of Scotland, all the Highlanders, right? And so it's an interesting huh. time period to deal with Versailles and France and the American Revolution. So it's an interesting uh, kind of series of events. Mike, the only thing holding me back from that is the only recommendation I hear is that it's very soapy. Do you find it to be, is it just, it's more romance-based opposed to the action? It leans a little into kind of the romance novel side of it, but I would say it does so fairly competently. Uh, but, you know, it definitely is coming from a romance novel as opposed to a Game of Thrones novel. But that being said, uh, I think uh, the set pieces and the action are done well. And just the production design really makes the worlds feel real. And it's enough for me to be like, eh, I can get with it. I, I do like it. Well, going based off that, Mike, I do want to check that out because that sounds very similar to another Netflix show that I've just finished. Um, which is called The Last Kingdom, which is oh, you're uh, done. also historically based. Yeah, well, uh, there's four seasons out now. They're making a fifth, so um, I'm caught up to it now. But um, The Last Kingdom, based in like 9th, 10th century uh, England. So this is pre, um, you know, so it's, it's, it's pre-War of the Roses, which, um, you know, a lot of Game of Thrones stuff was based on the War of the Roses, but this is very similar to Game of Thrones. Um but this is this is kind of following the period of Alfred the Great, who was the first king to unite the the seven kingdoms of England. So there's like East Anglia, uh, Mercia, Wessex, Northumbria. These were all separate kingdoms in England, mm-hmm. and then they were combined. And then King Alfred the Great and then his son King Edward were kind of the uniters. But this is taking so this wait, is 
yeah. out, out of these separate kingdoms, like they all became like one united kingdom. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> okay. I think you're going to make a guess. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Exactly. So where's Dorne? <laughs> um, no, no, no. <laughs> but, well, you know, uh, not so secretly, Game of Thrones is based on a lot of real world history, mainly medieval uh, Europe and England. And also, you know, if you look at the continent of, of Westeros, it's literally um, just England um, scaled up and flipped uh, horizontally. <laughs> so, um, yeah, a lot of that is based on, on real life and this is kind of the real life that it's based on. So this follows, uh, one guy who was a set. So it deals with the Saxons and the Danes. So the Danes are the Vikings that are invading from Denmark and, and Norway and, and those kind of places, but they just call them all Danes. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, start, this focuses on Uhtred, um, right? His name is Uhtred. Mm-hmm. He was born a Saxon, but he was, taken as a kid and raised by Danes. So he's Dane, his culturally, culturally he identifies as a Dane, but he was actually born a Saxon. So he's kind of, you know, one foot in both, you know, worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of follows him as he goes around. But what I really like about it is the battle scenes and the tactics they use with like shield walls and stuff like that. Very historically accurate, um, surprisingly. And with the budget they have, which I would guess is not nearly as big as Game of Thrones or something like that, I think they do a pretty good job making it look really good with a limited budget. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you've been also, you know, you're big on the Mountain Blade Warband, you know, the, so the Sword That's and right. Shield thing really resonates with you. And I, I watched yeah. the first two episodes of Last Kingdom. Uh-huh. Uh, it's I, it's growing on me, uh, for sure. And uh, Yeah, it maybe takes a little... A little slow to get into, but I think once you get into it, I got really into it, but it's, it's right up my alley. So it might not be for everyone, but, you know, they call each other Lord a lot, you know. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> That's a Uhtred, son of Uhtred. And, it's uh, good on time management too, right? It's only 12 episodes, I believe, or like 10 or something. Yeah, it's like 10 a season, and they're an hour long, and it feels like a, like a shit ton happens in every episode because it's just like just stuff happening all the time and alliances and stuff is broken very game of thrones very game of thrones yeah. by contrast like uh outlander is taking place in a period where guns exist so it's like a mix of like sword tactics with musket combat so there's this weird juxtaposition of the british military having like firearms but the highlanders don't and they say right. laird instead of lord so if you like uh, lords you'll still get a little bit of that Millard. Millard. yeah uh, and and what i like about utrid is just like he's a fictional character but he kind of just you know, runs into all these real life characters and kind of influences things. So it's not exactly historically accurate, but a lot of it is. And he's just basically just the most badass guy you ever meet, like the best fighter. So he just goes around like fighting people, but everyone wants him on their side because he's such a good fighter. But he always is like trying to stay out of shit because he just likes fighting. He, he's a Jerry Sue. What do you yeah. say? <laughs> he's just basically. the best. Okay. Yeah. No, but yeah, great it's, show. It's I have to recommend. Um, yeah. Not a lot of big actors or anything, but really good, I think. Yeah. Nice, nice, very cool. That reminds me, I'm getting the D and D itch, by the way, you guys. We gotta figure out a remote way. Speaking yeah, of swords and shields, like the fantasy genre is really I'm getting back into Dark Souls now. Mm. So I'm just saying, uh swords. We did that one early. Castles. We'll have to do another tabletop episode, or maybe we'll just do like a role playing in general or something. I think that would be cool too. Yeah, it could be very cool. And I've also been into, uh, I watched Beastmaster. I've been into Sandals and Swords movies, like, you know, mm. uh, Clash of the Titans, things like that, Sinbad, like the old Harry Mike, Dawson's. The Beastmaster. Yeah. 
these are my this is pogo and togo my my conan the barbarian my uh bearded dragons (laughs) my my little ferret assholes they don't do anything unless it's warm outside (laughs) they're thieves that's right but uh yeah any other uh recommendations you guys before we move on i had been Uh, kind of thinking about one on netflix just of the same era they have a troy show as well so i'm i'm a little more closer to like greek and stuff like that i i might check that out over that but i'll do last kingdom for sure yeah yeah last kingdom oh also another thing about last kingdom is uh if you've heard of the show vikings right so these shows take place very similar time period um, but don't a lot tell me of they cross over. <laughs> don't they tell don't me cross over. Vikings extended universe. Well, Vikings but, is a documentary as it's on the History Channel. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's right, Mike. That's right. Well, that's the true. only reason I mention it is because a lot of people who have seen Vikings and then watched The Last Kingdom say that The Last Kingdom is actually better than Vikings. So mm-hmm. if you've seen Vikings and you like it but wish it was better, watch The Last Kingdom. All right. So it's not a part of the HCEU, <laughs> the History Channel extended universe. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. But basically, the, hey, the main Bagan character of Vikings. In that one, Joe is a real character, Ragnar Lothbrok. He's like a famous uh, mythical Viking, right? And in The Last Kingdom, the son, the supposed, his supposedly his son is in this show. So, yeah. Um, one other thing, one other recommendation I have, it's a movie on Netflix, not a, not a TV series, but, um, and this is called The Death of Stalin, right? So this is a movie that I watched recently. One of the funniest movies I've seen in a long time, um, this is a you know historical uh, period piece, but it's a comedy. Basically, it's done by Armando Iannucci, who uh, is famous for doing you know Veep and um, In the Loop and those kind of political the movies with a lot Veep. of banter and back and forth and, and some improv and stuff. So he's got a very well-known um, comedy style, right? So this is taking you got place. You Michael Palin. You got a, a Monty Python member in the cast. That's right, How Michael Palin, fine, man? Uh, Steve Buscemi. Um, uh, Jason Isaacs, who I I don't think we're allowed to say is funny anymore, but you know, we'll throw it out there. Sure. Yeah. But Jason Isaacs really steals, uh, this whole movie with every scene he's in. He plays general Zukov of the red army, um, crushes it. But, uh, Steve Buscemi is Nikita Khrushchev, who basically, if you don't know, this is taking place in the Soviet union following Joseph Stalin's death, obviously in 1952. Um, and the kind of power vacuum that it created and all the plotting and everything that's going on between the upper members of, um, you know, the government, uh, very funny movie though. Somewhat not historically accurate though. They do embellish a lot of things, well, but of course, very good movie. Hmm? Jason Isaacs is having a pretty good time on Netflix. Now. I wonder if oh, he's all great. of us are now falling prey to the Netflix top 10. Jacob, I checked out that movie as well because it was on there. Now, Avatar, The Last Airbender, has mm-hmm. been tra- trending right. number one. You read all this stuff. Oh, my God, Netflix finally has it. And it appears that this is sort of a testing ground because we know that they're doing like a live-action Avatar 2. But when you guys see those top tens, are you getting sucked in? Did any of you get fall into the Avatar trap? I fell into Community the minute it went on there, and it was like number three for two weeks. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll watch Community, of course. I did rewatch all of Community when it came out on Netflix. Um, I've seen Avatar before, so I didn't watch that on Netflix. Oh, I've never watched Avatar. Maybe we'll do an Avatar Jacob <laughs> episode, Jacob, if you've seen it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I hear it's the best American anime. Basically, uh, right, yeah. It's very um, anime Until Castlevania. Very as, well as well as Legends of Korra, which it. is kind of the spinoff that came after. Um, hmm. But Colin, you also watched Death of Stalin on Netflix? I did. It was very funny. Did you like it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, not Cruise always historically accurate. Some of those things, you know, embellished for sure. But 
I, I don't think all those people went to that funeral. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think any of it went that way. But yeah, you know. No, the timeline is very squished idea. down. Yeah. But yeah. What are you going to do? I did fall for the top 10 because that's how I ended up with Tiger King. It was just there for so long. That's I was right. like, yeah, I'll click on that, you know. Yeah. But to Jacob's point earlier, it, the the death of independent cinema, if a documentarian went out there and said, I've got the best idea for a documentary, it's about a fucking meth-addicted guy in Florida who's you know raising these tigers, would we have all fallen for it if it wasn't in that number one recommend, Mike? I mean, we all, we all saw it. Well, that's it why it's good, though, because platform. Netflix gives memed, a platform yeah. to these kind of movies and shows that normally you wouldn't even know about, so... I think it's definitely a good thing in terms of visibility for these kind of things. We are, but like Tiger King, YouTube. yeah, Tiger King, the thing that's interesting about it is how quickly, how much it dominated like the cultural zeitgeist for like a week and then like quickly disappeared, it seems like. And like now well, you that's say the that news cycle. Umbrella Academy, Stranger Things. Yeah. And that's yeah. the Netflix syndrome. True, true. That's how it goes with bingeable shows. Joe, we did a Stranger Things episode on this podcast in this hundred run where last July, when it was Stranger Things season, you and I and Cassie ventured out to a real life SS, what is it, Chips Ahoy? Scoops Ahoy? Is that what it is? Scoops Ahoy. To get the real ice cream from the show. That was within this year. Can you believe, or last year? Can you believe that? Yeah. I I guess. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah, wow. that is crazy. I mean, right. the cycle is different. I got the sirens blaring. That must be our sign that we got to bring this thing home. So I'd let's, say so. Uh, let's let's hit that wrap up. I think so. Up. Let's transition over there. Normies, thanks for sticking with us on the 100. Let's wrap it up in 100. But I keep it real. I keep it 100. I promise. I keep it 100. I promise. I keep it 1,000. I promise. I keep it 10,000. I promise. I'm keeping it honest. I promise. Keeping it honest, I'm keeping it honest, I promise. Repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. We're back. You could call us a Togos because we're about to hit the wrap up. Uh, 100 episodes, guys. <laughs> okay, I like wow. that. Wow, thank you. What a transition. <laughs> 100 it. episodes. Um, Togos is a restaurant, Jacob. They serve wraps there. <laughs> On this podcast, <laughs> we talk about pop culture. I said up top, the number one thing I like about this podcast is when we pick a topic. We don't always stay to it in the episodes. You know, it can be the Flash episode, and we can talk about how uh, Riverdale is making me feel strong feelings because of the sexuality present in that. Or, or just the things head. that... <laughs> sexy Jughead. Or the things that stick to us. We did an entire Rick and Morty episode where all four of us were like, well, obviously the number one inspiration for Rick and Morty is Back to the Future. And then I had a friend listen to that episode and reach out to me and say, you guys didn't reference Doctor Who once. And I just thought like, well, yeah, of course, a super scientist with a companion who goes on, you know, one of a kind adventures. Uh, That's not our reference point. The four of us don't watch that show. So it's so interesting. Yeah, but I mean, it's not it's not our go to, Jacob. It's no. not our reference point Doctor as normal. I like the David Tennant era and the Christopher Eccleston era, but after that, I was. I don't care. Out. I'm not talking about Doctor Who. The point okay. of the wrap up <laughs> of what I'm saying Doctor is <laughs> is that when a normie listens to even the normie topics we cover, what's normie to them is so different of what's normie to us. So as we try to break that down and distill it and say. We think these are the core tenets of a principle of a pop culture topic on this podcast. 
uh, obviously stuff is going to get away from it. And I love hearing people chime in and say, well, no, uh, how did you not mention David Tennant? Or, oh my God, uh, you guys are using that system? Didn't you know this video game thing? Blah, 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 blah. And it just dominoes out, man. Uh, that's It's been so special to me. So thank you for listening, and thank you to you guys for 100 cool episodes. Yeah, hey. I really appreciate you guys. Well, I just want to say quickly, Jacob, too, you know, we've been doing a bunch of these, and you know, you joined us as a guest earlier on in the history of the show, and now we're at the 100th episode, and I finally got off my butt and switched the host page to add uh, Jacob oh. Ebel. So now, officially <laughs> You've been listed knighted. as a host of Normie Slayer. Get on your knees, <laughs> and Mike will so pin the Normie I'll, pin to you. <laughs> I'm going to e-knight you, so congratulations, hey, thank Jacob. You. Thank you for contributing, 100th episode. He's graduated officially. Wow. But, um, yeah, I just want to say, you know... Um, when this when we were first starting, you know, you guys were talking about, you know, let's start a podcast and stuff. I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to like commit to that, blah, blah, blah. I don't like doing a lot of work because I'm very lazy. So I was just like, <laughs> oh, let, let me just come on as a and guest. And how much work do you do for this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, so, you know, I appreciate you guys having me um, join as like a regular host. And I, you know... Looking back, I should have been more involved at the beginning and just said, you know what, let me be a host too because, you know, I, at first I was just like, let me come on as a guest whenever I want and let me just talk about things that interest me. I, I need freedom. I can't be tied down. <laughs> I can't exactly. have any labels yeah. like host. I got other podcasts to be on. So, no, yeah. but I appreciate it. I like it. to pot around. <laughs> it's an and, hour, and, right? You know, it's cool. I, you know, have, have a great time doing these with you guys. So I just, you know, ha- happy to be here. I should have looked up what the rarest combination of hosts was because it's good because there are times when we have conflict of interest or we're busy or there's a topic we just don't know that much about and we kind of switch the rotation. But yeah, I wonder what the the least common pairing is. But uh, anyhow, we appreciate everyone uh, doing these 100 episodes. The rare ex-Kaida appearance is always Hell good. yeah. Dude. Not counting true guests. We've had yeah. some great guests. Uh, <laughs> I wish we could rattle them all off. Check them all out. Check out all their social media pages. Well, I mean, we're going to have them all back for more. Yeah, you know, anybody who's been a guest on this podcast and who's listening right now, thank you so much. Yeah, I'll be and please, Adam, if there's fifty episodes, thank you, Adam. <laughs> and I'll to our friends, if there's yeah. a if there's a subject that you're interested in, let us know because we'll probably want to do an episode about it. Yep, Scrabble. So here's our guest list. I got them here. I want to thank X Kaita, Cassie, Jeremy, Eric, Adam, Chris, and Cole. Formerly Jacob, now host. Thank you all for joining the show. Hey. These hundred episodes. We'll be sure we'll hear from you again. And do reach out, as Jacob said. That's right. And here's to 100 more. Yeah. Hey. I mean, it was a, uh, an idea born in a bar to hang out and talk with our buddies about things we love. And uh, it's been great. It's been a lot of fun. I love learning different things about stuff that I wasn't aware of before. You know, like we did a whole episode on toys because that's something that I'm really passionate about. I loved sharing that with you guys. I've learned so much about Minecraft and the speedrunning community and Stephen King recommendations that I never would have checked out before and indie video games and, and all of this interesting stuff that falls in my wheelhouse that just kind of slipped through my radar. Hopefully we can bring that to a lot of the listeners as well. Absolutely. I hope, listeners, you've gotten the same kind of joy and recommendations. There's many things that I wouldn't have checked out without my fellow co-hosts here. And again, we like to learn from you listeners. So please write in. Let us know what you want to hear, what you know about, what you're passionate about. And we'd love to cover it initially, as we do on the show. That's right. This has been the hundredth. And Mike, let me ask you this. Yes. 
What is the date that the first episode came out? Can you tell is this me a that? Quiz? Uh, it's I'm going to say <laughs> April twenty. No, I don't know the answer. I just want you to tell me. He does me. not have an answer. <laughs> twenty eighteen. So it's it took April two years to do a hundred episodes. April twenty eighteen. I would say right you guys fill yeah, time. June, June twenty eighteen. Yeah, June twenty eighteen. April or May? I'm going to say April twenty sixth, twenty eighteen. Is my guess. The answer is May twenty ninth, twenty eighteen. Wow. wow. So almost a month so off. a little more than almost two years. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've wow. only so skipped two, two weeks for Christmas. So a hundred episodes is right online about we would you know <laughs> oh so do about that. fifty episodes a year. Wow. But so, so two years from now when we hit two hundred, what are we what are we talking about then, guys? What does the world look like? We had some topics <laughs> this year that were normie, I would say the week of. Or something would happen, well, like Rick and Morty, where we would say, that's pretty new. Are we sure? Yes. Let's do it. I wonder in two right. years, what will be those topics? The, the, franchise the Snyder Wars. cut of Justice League 2. Yeah. Yep. That'll, well, that will replace our uh, Star Vember War Sember. We will be talking about the entire DCEU. <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> the WBEU. In the entire Here's, world. My prediction, in two years, we're all going to be dealing with Coronavirus 2. Get ready. COVID-20. No, I'm just kidding. Well, it'll be like 22 because <laughs> it's like the year that they discovered it. Well, COVID-19 is not the year that it came out. I think it's the 19th COVID they discovered. But I could All I'm hoping is that us being millionaires will be normie. And <laughs> this is really going to be <laughs> Hell well. yeah. I'm imagining a relaunch of this podcast in two years where it goes to a network and it's yeah, it was new hosts to normie. Yeah. They're going to recast us. When we like, cash out doing every and we get Joel yeah. McHale to host this podcast. No, so Joel McHale will be us. They'll just recast him <laughs> and replace us. Yeah. It'll be terrible. All right. Well, thank everyone for listening. Episode 100. Um, my God, I just can't believe it. We'll have to see what's in store for next week. Love you guys. Right. This is your host, <laughs> Colin. Mike. Joe. And Jacob. Uh, right. Bye, normies. Keep listening. <laughs> We've been <Bye>. watching. <laughs>